All right, so John, how old do you think you're going to live to be? Have you ever, have you ever put any thought into that? You know, it's funny. My, my uh, family asked me that exact same question last night. Really? So my son did, Matthew, who's really? 15. And I said, well, my dad is 93. Yeah. He had his first heart attack when he was 44 years old. Yes. He's had three heart attacks, seven stints, open heart surgery, pacemakers, and he's 93. Still and I said, out. Matthew, unless something, unless I get hit by a train, um, I said, I honestly think I'll, lid, I'll easily live to my mid to late 90s. I think that is completely reasonable, okay. which means yeah. like I am literally ha- not even ha- like halfway through my life right now, which really puts some things in perspective, man. Oh, huge, huge. Elizabeth and I have always talked about uh, how long us, us living to be in our 90s, chasing each other around, grabbing butts, that, that kind of stuff. And I want to say recently, I've, I've started listening to Peter Diamandis. I don't know if you're familiar with Peter Diamandis, but he wrote a book called Abundance. So Peter is an entrepreneur in Silicon Valley and created the X Prize. So I don't know if you remember the, the prize that the first commercial spacecraft was created. They won this $10 million prize. Peter was the brains behind this. Okay. And, and, and he's created this community called Abundance 360. And he wrote this book called Abundance. And it's all about the good stuff that's coming and how we are moving from this place of poverty to this place of abundance and where, where things go through this process of demonetization, dematerialization, democratization. So the price of, of things comes down, it becomes dematerialized. You can think of manufacturing is starting to dematerialize with 3D printers uh, and then democratized where things suddenly become available to classes of people that it never was before. And, and you can look right now and, and look at the, the whole idea of 3D printing a house for under $3,000 as something that is obviously dematerializing and democratizing and demonetizing. It's doing all of those. And it's going to ultimately provide people in the third world with housing at a crazy price. So I've been listening to Peter and on his podcast, Exponential Wisdom, with his co-host Dan Sullivan of Strategic right. Coach. And one of the things that they have done is they've gone through this exercise. They've talked about this exercise of how long do you think you're going to live? So, John, you think you're going to live to be your mid to late 90s. What age do you really think you're going to be at? What age do you what feels like in your spirit that is when you, you're, you're finally going to turn it in and go to heaven? I'm going to, I'm going to say 95. Cause I, you know, I know a 95. lot of people in their nineties and I yeah. think, you know, like I see my dad and he's yes. actually been, even with his issues, been pretty healthy, but you know what? Those last couple of years, man, things just don't work the way they used to. Yes. You just can't be active. You can't go for long walks. You can't, you know, get, it's hard to travel. So I, I think, but you know what, if you have a vision here, here, here's also something I think that's, that's motivating and this is my definition of vision, it's actually something you can't accomplish. So think about this. My vision is to equip and inspire leaders to work in God's kingdom. When I'm 95 sitting in my next to a fire pit in my backyard, I could still sit there and mentor a 40, 50, 60-year-old man or woman into what they could do. So you know, that's exciting to me is actually have something in my life that's going to create energy, momentum, and passion the whole time. And now that might evolve, but I think it also has to be, yeah. that's one of my benchmarks is something that I actually can't ever say, okay, it's done, it's finished. So 
let's not look at 95. Let's look at 94 and let's kind of describe what your life is. And let's kind of paint this picture for the listeners. How do you think you're going to be physically at 94? I'm going to be fit. Yes. I'm going to have good health. That's good. Right. How do you think you're going to be mentally? Do you think you're still going to be sharp? Do you think you're going to start to lose it at 94 or are you going to be killing it right now? You know, I don't think so. Well, I mean, I look at my dad. He's like my benchmark. My dad has been a lifelong learner and a reader. When he retired from law, he started volunteering at the law school. He, he reads still to this day, three or four books. He started learning piano in his late fifties. He's now at 93 years old. He can take like a Bach or a Mozart, like a complex piece and play it. It's beautiful. I actually, last time I was down there, I recorded him playing. I would have that memory. And actually I just had my violin. I I, I grew up playing violin. Yeah. Hey, look, I have it. As a matter of fact, hold on. I can show it to you. I just went because I, you know, I want to follow my dad's footsteps. So this the violin, Steve that I learned to play on and I just went and took it in and had this entire thing completely restored. And here it is. And I'm going to start playing the, uh, the violin again. And the woman that there it is. Oh yeah. The woman who actually helped me fix this, she plays classical, but she also plays music kind of in the genre of like Lindsay Sterling yeah. And folk and bluegrass and some cool things. And yeah. I'm thinking, you know what? That would be really cool to take lessons from her. But I think when you are doing things, challenging your mind, yeah. learn new things your whole life, cognitively, you're going to be so much healthier than the average person. Because I think the average person honestly dies at 40 or 50 and they're just waiting for the rest of things to catch up. All right. So physically, you're in shape. You're doing well. Mentally, you're sharp. You're learning. Financially, do you want your money to be decreasing, or do you, or do you want it to be have plenty in the bank? Well, here's my my personal goal is to have enough put aside by the time I'm sixty that I don't have to. What I'm doing with my time is not going to be required to create an income. Yeah. I mean, that honestly is a big stretch goal. Yeah. That's something we have in prayer. It's part of our business. Mm-hmm. But if I could put enough away that I could live on 4% of what we put away, Mm -hmm. actually that corpus, that portfolio would basically kind of stay the same over time. And that way also we have more that we could give or leave at the end of our life. All right. So physically you're in great shape. Mentally you're sharp. You're learning new things. Financially you have no worries whatsoever. How about relationship wise? Relationships with your kids, relationships with your grandkids, relationships, if you're 95, with your great-grandkids, probably. Oh, yeah. I think that's going to be the best part of life. Because you have a grandson now. I have a grandson. We were sitting around the table last night. It was my my niece and her two friends who came here for spring break because they just wanted to be around our family. John was there, Matthew, Donna, and we were sitting there for hours talking and laughing. I remember after looking over at my wife, over Donna, and said, you know what? I love our family. I mean, family for me is like those relationships, those friendships, especially now that they're moving into adults. Man, I think that was one of the biggest blessings that God's put in my life. Okay. So physically you're doing well, mentally you're sharp, financially you have no worries. You have amazing relationships with your family. 
what do you feel about the satisfaction of your life with all that at 94 years old? What do you, what do you, what do you envision? Well, the only thing I would add to that is, you know, this the vision I shared with you, right? To equip and inspire leaders. If I have, it would be another level of joy that there's hundreds, thousands, maybe even millions of people that just look back and think of my name fondly in a way that, you know what, he had a part in my success in a big way, a small way, taking that next step small, you know, that forward that, that I truly had led a life. So the use of this life outlives my life. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that would be another kind of component. I think with all of those existing, I would look back on my life and just smile and say, you know what? I ran the race well. So if you're physically well at 94, yep. if you're mentally sharp at 94, if you're financially, you have no worries. If relationships wise, you have friends, you have family, you have purpose, you have you're feeling fulfilled. If you're that way at 94, what makes you think you're going to kick at 95? Do you think you might live past 95 if that's the case at 94? Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, dude, you threw out the arbitrary 94. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. Yeah. Well, you, you, you put the end date at 95. So if, if you're that way at 94, do you think you're really going to kick it at 95? Or do you think there's a chance that you could live longer? There's a chance. All right. There's a chance. How much, how much, how, so, so how much longer do you think if, if, if you're physically fit, if you're mentally sharp, if you're financially in a great place, if you, relationship wise, you have, you know, just this amazing family support structure and you have friends and you're pouring into people and you feel good about your life. How much longer do you think you'll be around then? I think, it could, you know, I think that could be significant because I think what causes people to just unplug, right? And get into the bad health and the things that actually cause premature death is that those things that you just mentioned are missing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think the top end is going to be, is going to be until this body that God gave me just says time to go home. Give me a number. Oh dude, I can't do that. Come on. I'm going to go with a hundo. Hundred. All right. I'd be a centurion. I want to get a letter from the, there you go. from, From president. Matthew Ryder at the time on my 100th birthday. <laughs> All right. So you want to crack three digits? Why not? All right. So I just bought you five. As long as I'm not more. incontinent, I got to tell you, that might be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I just bought you five years. All right. I just thanks, bought man. you five years. Okay. And now you've listened to Lance Wall now. Have you ever heard him talk about the reticular activating system? That has nothing to do with incontinence, right? No. Okay. No. Okay. So, so let's let's say you buy a blue Jeep Cherokee. Yep. Or you're looking at a blue Jeep Cherokee. All of a sudden, you will notice things blue Jeep Cherokees all around. And here in Colorado, there's a lot of Jeep Cherokees. And chances right. are, there's a lot of blue ones, or red ones, or white ones, or whatever. You will notice Jeep Cherokees, and you will really notice blue ones. Now, over the next quarter, I promise you, I promise you, your brain is going to start to think about and start to process, how do I get that extra five years? How mm. do I get that extra five? How do I crack three digits? How do I live that long? 
How do I stay cognitively sharp, have great relationships, have success in business, have the money put away where yes. we're not worrying about, you know, buying groceries in our 90s? Because, you know, that's, you know, we have family members where Don and I are thinking like, okay, we, we need to make extra because we're going to have to take care of them. Exactly. Right? And, and the government, in my opinion, does not have the resources 30, 20, 30 years from now. It's going to be, it's not going to be what people expect. So some things that I want you to start listening to thinking about and some things that our listeners really need to start thinking about, there are technologies coming down the pike that are going to extend our healthy years, if not our lifespan mm -hmm. and significantly. I'm talking things like pluripotent stem cells. So placental stem cells, you get a shot, a, a dose of that, and all of a sudden it's those placental stem cells are re-energizing and reinvigorating your, your body. Nine years ago, nine years ago, Mel Gibson's dad, 93 years old, was taken almost on his deathbed down to this stem cell clinic in Panama because of the U.S. and the FDA and all those guidelines. They, they, we can't do it here yet. We're working on it. There are some stem cell stuff, but, but the stem cell stuff for anti-aging and rejuvenation is not yet approved here in the U.S. Working on it, though. 93, he went on his deathbed. Nine years later, he's still kicking. Within 24 hours, he went from all on his deathbed to starting to get energy and starting to feel better. And his libido started coming back at 93 years old. Nine years later, he's still kicking. Talk about that. Talk about the WNT, the Wnt pathway. It's it's some technology that's coming down the pike that is going to that's showing incredible results for rejuvenation and giving us more energy. Talk about uh, the um, young blood experiments. I don't know if you ever heard anything about the young blood experiments, but basically they took blood from a young rat, put it in an old rat, and the old rat got younger started showing more energy. And, and, and so what you're saying is everybody listening, we're going to be living probably a lot longer than we're expecting to. Exactly. And we need to be doing things now today with our health, with our business, how we're developing ourselves, our yes. faith, what we're doing in business, how we're managing our time, our money, creating relationships so that when we get to that place, it's a place of joy, not a place of despair. I have a goal personally, having, having listened to all of this stuff that's coming down the pike and having gone through this exercise, I just went through with you. I personally have a goal of living well past 120. It's, it's, it's very possible. And I think, okay, 120 years ago, my great grandparents were around. My great grand, my, I think my, even my great, great grandfather who came from came from England, went to the California gold rush, settled in Wisconsin, bought a little farm, built the nicest house, according to the papers in Grant County. It wasn't huge. I just drove by it last October with my dad. I, what kind of lessons could I have learned from him? What kind of lessons could I have learned from my mom's grandpa, who was a German immigrant, came to the U.S., didn't know any English, went to school to learn English, and became a cheesemaker and became an award-winning cheesemaker in southwestern Wisconsin. What kind of lessons could I learn from him? But conversely, what kind of lessons can I pass on to my kids, my grandkids, my great-grandkids, my great-great-grandkids, mm. possibly even further? Yeah, that's awesome.
this is the kind of stuff That's I'm thinking about. This is, this, yeah. this, this is the kind of stuff that I, and, and it, but also what kind, what, what more could Albert Einstein have done with another 40 years to his life? What could Ben Franklin have done with another 40 years to his life? What can the great thought leaders of today, what can John Ramstead do? What could Elvis have done with another 40 years? Who knows? <laughs> but you know, you're right though. You think about that. Most people probably feel like their productive years are into their sixties, maybe their seventies, and then it's kind of retire. And I love what Ken Blanchard says. He's never wanted to retire. He wants to refire. Exactly. When he, when he got to that point where he could retire, he did not have to work anymore. Money was taken care of. Um, he tried retirement literally for a few weeks and said, this is not for me. And that's where he came up with this whole concept of refire and it completely re-energized him and he launched into a completely new, started a whole new company at whatever age he is. I think he's in his eighties. Yeah. 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 So this is the kind of stuff I'm thinking about, the kind of stuff that I'm processing when I'm listening to these futurists, when I'm listening to these thought leaders about the exponential technologies that are coming. Yeah. So this is the kind of stuff I want to talk more about in the future, John. Well, let's do it. I think that, you know what, and, uh, and, and as people have been listening, uh, you know, to what we're doing on the podcast, right? We're really bringing on guests that can help you lay the foundation to all of these pieces that I believe are going to create that confluence, that convergence at that place we were just talking about in our 90s to get there, to create that. 90s and beyond. Hundreds and, and beyond. beyond. All right. Good all right. stuff, man. Be awesome, my friends. If this episode struck a chord with you or you want to hear more of these kinds of conversations between John and I, could you let me know? Hit me up, steve at eternalleadership.com. That's steve at eternalleadership.com. Thanks. Thanks.